Welcome to this Food Thing podcast. This is the place where we talk about our relationship with food, whether it is friend or foe, easy or less so, and how it affects our behavior. Here's today's episode. Hi, welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Lizolo Ntima. Lizolo is the founder and director of the Heavenly Cake Company, which she started in her kitchen in 2005. Lizolo is passionate about cooking and, of course, baking, but due to various health issues and intolerances, she has had to make some serious dietary changes during the last few years, which means that her bakery and products are vegan, gluten and sugar-free. In 2021 and 2022, the Heavenly Cake Company was a finalist in the Free From Awards. Lizolo, I wish we were in a studio, surrounded by cake, made by you, but this remote recording will have to do. So a big warm welcome to Love This Feeding Podcast. Hello, thank you. And thanks for having me. Because I reckon if we had met, you'd have bought me something to eat. Oh, without a doubt. In what fact, I you- think I should send you something. <laughs> what, would you, what would you have bought me? Um, well, it would have been probably brownies. You mentioned brownies, but we've only just started to do brownies in the past month. Have you? Do, um, you, yeah. do you use um, sweet potato or bananas? I know it's a secret that your recipe is a secret, but you've obviously found something that works. Um, actually, no, we don't use um, we don't use bananas or sweet potato. Okay. Um, the brownies are made with uh, vegan chocolate and um, either a gluten free flour mix. Actually, the gluten free version is about to be launched, um, but the, the what's on sale at the moment is made with um, organic spelt flour, coconut oil, loads of love. Ah, lovely. When I make brownies, I use rice flour, but spelt's got okay. gluten in it, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Spelt is not um, it's not for celiacs. It's um, often okay for people with um, gluten intolerance, which is myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not um, definitely not gluten free. Okay, I'm looking forward to them. I'm holding you to it now. Yeah, fine. I'll try not to pest you. Um, <laughs> so, would you say that food is your friend or your foe? My friend, definitely. And how long has it been your friend for? How or, or when wasn't it? Um, when wasn't it, my friend? I've always enjoyed food. Mm. I suppose when I was younger, I didn't eat very, I didn't eat very much in my teens. Okay. Um, I used to enjoy the feeling of being hungry, which was a bit. Did you? Yeah. Can you talk about that a bit? It was, um. I wasn't even aware that it was a, a feeling of being hungry. I, I, I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced this, but I would find that um, when I didn't eat a lot, I would get a certain taste, which I think now, looking back, may have been ketones. I don't know. But um, just by not eating, I would like, the taste that I had by not eating. I wasn't underweight or, um, you know, I was a teenager. So, yeah, it was... Um, that's, yeah, fascin- that's, that's fascinating. Was it like a metallic taste? No. Um, no, metallic taste I got in pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Completely different. Yeah. Um, 
no, oh, what was it? Um, kind of like a sweet taste, I suppose. Mm, okay, so, mm, okay. Did you, did you feel um, more powerful when you weren't eating, when you were empty? Did you feel more capable? No. Okay. It was literally about the taste. I mean, in in more recent years, I have started fasting. Yeah. And that does make me feel um, more aware and more connected. But um, that's, that's um, yeah, that's, you know, choosing to, to fast. Yeah, that's his intention, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you still get that taste when you fast? No. Interesting. Yeah, oh. I've actually not thought about that, that taste until just now when you asked me. I've not, not thought about what it used to be like in my teens. How interesting. What was food like when you were little? What was food like in your family? Um, so I grew up in London in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and um, it was traditional West Indian family, traditional yeah. West Indian food, and we would um, have our meals around the table. Um, and Dad would have um, lots of. He had the big, the big plate of food, of course, and um, yeah, and he loved his meat. Um, I was never a huge eater as a child, um, even from a young age. But as a young, from a young age, I have never liked the taste of meat or the feeling of meat in my mouth. It's always just turned me completely off. Um, so when I think back to my childhood and food, I remember being made to eat meat. <clears throat> So as soon as I was old enough to say, I'm not eating that anymore, which was 11, right. then um, that was it. I stopped eating it. And was that okay? Were your family like, okay, she doesn't eat meat? Yeah, it was a bit weird for them. And mm. uh, my mum never, ever got used to that. Didn't <laughs> she? she? No. She would always try to sneak a bit on the plate or a bit of gravy or something. And even... Um, well, she she died in 2017. So a few years before that, we were out shopping, and um, she had said she was looking at some chicken, and she turned to me and said, um, "Oh, do you want some?" <laughs> <laughs> she was still trying. Yeah, yeah. God, lover. <laughs> I know. Mums, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she never she never did quite accept it, but um, did just off the off the top of my head, did her. Um, did her eating change along with your company and what you were making? Did you ever cook for her? Did she, did she kind of learn from you or, or change her diet in any way? It's funny, actually. Yes, did she? Because um, even though she did ask if I wanted some chicken, yeah. um, she actually ate less and less meat as um, as the years went by, and um, she she ate quite a lot of um, vegan food, really, which um, I know she never thought she would ever be, wow. you know, that way inclined. But um, yeah, she gradually started to go off it herself. Okay. I like that you weren't pressured to eat meat 
and you stopped at 11 because, you know, they might have said, sorry, but we're doing the cooking um, and you're going to eat what's put in front of you. Yeah. Well, my dad was glad to have the meat that I wasn't having. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Did, so your, your, um, it sounds like food was celebrated and, you know, it was nourishing and nurturing at home and it was no big deal, clearly. Correct. You were allowed to get on with it, which is terrific, isn't it? Yes. So, and when you liked, I wonder if you liked fasting because you weren't eating, didn't like the meat. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We've moved on from that. Yeah. No, I wasn't fasting as a child. I know. I just, I just yeah, mm. didn't eat between meals, which most people didn't back then, actually. No, no, we didn't. Well, there wasn't anything to buy, was there, to eat in between meals, really? No. And do you, then, then as well, it was actually, you wouldn't eat. It, walking along the road. Never. You would not be seen eating on the street, not even an apple, nothing. No, never. And there just wasn't, you couldn't nip in, well, I couldn't nip in somewhere and buy anything apart from some sweets. There wasn't, I mean, food That's wasn't right. available in the way it is now. Mm. Um, you know, the same outlet, 10, 10 yards apart on every high street. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, fast forward, when did you find out about your um, your food intolerances? And how bad were they? Were they allergies or food intolerances? Intolerances. Okay. Um, um, it took me a while to work out why I was doubling over in pain. Wow. Um, and that was in my 20s. Um, yeah, my late 20s. Actually, no, it started in my early 20s when I was pregnant. And um, I thought, or we we all thought it was labour, and I was rushed to hospital. And no, it's not labour. Go home. Um, and it was only years later that um, I realised what that pain was, which was irritable bowel syndrome. Um, so that was very debilitating. Um, I would sometimes I would have to leave work, um, and that was extremely it was it that was terrible so um it was going to the um the doctors and you know they had no idea what uh, the, you know they'd prescribe mm -hmm. medication that didn't mm -hmm. help yeah. um one doctor said to me that um eating food with seeds um, I should cut out tomatoes and so on, which helped a bit. But then eventually, uh, it was you know obviously it's um is is it was the wheat and gluten that that was the the main problem there. Did you was it just detective work on your part and trial and error? Yes. Did you go on like the is it the FODMAP diet where you take everything out and then you very slowly introduce the potential intolerance no I, those sorts of things i don't even think they'd been invented back then i'd never heard okay. of anything like that um so it i'm try, trying to think how um i came across the the idea about i think it was just through pain right. eating a lot of bread and i would suffer and so right. yeah it's the bread that's the the, the problem Right, and um, then my husband um, was um, investigating various flowers and so on, and he discovered about spelt flour. Um, so I started to make bread at home with spelt flour, 
um, which I discovered didn't have the same um, negative effect. But I still had to be careful with it. Mm. I couldn't go overboard. Um, that is a that actually is a tendency in my my personalities that um, anything, whether food or whatever, I do tend to go overboard with things. Okay. So okay. <laughs> everything's made a spelt for like a month. Do you mean that kind of yes. overboard? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Exactly. And spelt's an ancient grain, isn't it? And it hasn't yes. been overfarmed. Um, so it is, it's easier on our digestion. Yeah. It's apparently very difficult to grow, which is why they changed it and came up with the flour that we use now. Okay. I didn't realise that. Okay. And, and the, the Romans marched on it. Yes, they did. I do know that. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So you took out, was it instant? Did you instantly feel better? Yes, actually. I instantly felt better when I stopped eating wheat. Right. And then um, by not eating wheat for a while and then gradually eating, gradually introducing spelt flour and then realising that I could actually have that and not keel over. Um, so that was like um, a light bulb moment for me. And was your, is your, have you always been a, a chef, a baker? Is your husband in, a chef? No. He was just no. looking at flour for you, was he? See, yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, he he has um, he had his other own health issues, and therefore, um, so I I suppose in my early twenties I wasn't very um, didn't really look at food nutrition and so on so much, um, and would more or less eat anything as long as it, it wasn't meat. Okay. Um, and because of my husband's health issues, he started to investigate and look at the way that we should be eating. So he's the one who introduced the 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 new train the new changes into the household. And I was like, Oh my god, I'm the one who's cooking. Like, you can't be coming and saying we're not going to have this. We're not going to have that. <laughs> he he, um, he sounds enlightened because yes. Really, he does, because I think a lot of, um, and it's going to say, I think probably a lot of men would, would balk a little bit more about changing their diet, possibly than women. I don't know why, but that's my kind of take on it. So, and you're talking some time ago. So, wow, what a yeah. guy. Well, yeah. I mean, he actually has sickle cell disease. And, ah, okay. Yeah. So he found that um, he read a lot, and then he found that um, what you eat really does that. Is certain foods, if he eats certain foods, it would almost put him into hospital straight away. That's so got, interesting. Can we talk? Can we just talk about that? So, are they the same allergens and intolerances as wheat and sugars? And no. ah, what 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 are the foods that he has to avoid? I know he's not here, but I'm yeah, just a bit fascinated. It, needs to eat clean it needs to eat very healthy clean food so staying away from processed foods um he found that um egg is not good mm -hmm. um for the blood and also eating um monosodium glutamate is a thickener so chinese takeaways uh, yeah. to stay away from those um and yeah 
bread being a processed food. So it was just really a case of having lots of greens and eating healthily. Is it because the monosodium, the MSG and the bread inflame the system? Is that why yeah, they're inflammatory? Yeah, they're inflammatory, but it also seems to, it, it directly seems to do something to the blood. And the same with egg. Interesting. We yeah. should have got your husband on to do a double act, but then we'd be <laughs> ping-ponging between you. We're going to take a quick break. Hi, welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. I'm here with Lazulo, and we were just talking about her husband's sickle cell in the break, um, and about, she's just said before the interval about eating clean. So just for anyone out there going, don't say clean food. What we mean is unprocessed food. That's what you meant, isn't it? Unprocessed food. It is, food. yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so that we've cleared that up, but go on, just finish that. If you off. have to read the packet, yeah, then that's really not good. Yeah, yeah. Having said that, of course, my cakes go out with ingredients lists on them. Yeah, but that's legal, isn't it? You have to do that. Exactly. And um, cakes and cookies are treats. They're not food to have all the time and every day. So, yeah. And so, nobody's saying you should, you know, eat them all the time. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And also you talked about your husband, because I said to you, is there anything else you'd like to sell about, say about sickle cell? And you said, other, no, nothing other than your husband keeps very hydrated, which I didn't yes. know yet how important that was. Yes. Talk to me or tell me about how you set up the bakery and why you set it up. Um, so I, as I said, had, um, various, um, food issues and, um, <clears throat> sorry, back then mm-hmm. I was really strict with what I was eating because I had found, um, that it helped me with, uh, I had fibroids and all sorts of things going wow. on. Okay. So, um, it, it really did help the yeah. fact that I was eating, um, properly and unprocessed and literally did not read labels. If it had a label, I wouldn't have it. So everything I was um, eating from scratch, that's the term, isn't it? From scratch. Um, And, um, but as I've said, everybody, you know, wants to have cake and cookies and some, you know, every now and again. Um, and it was very difficult to buy anything like that if I did want to have a treat. Um, so I realized that it's needed and I started to do it myself for mm-hmm. myself initially, mm-hmm. um, in my own kitchen, obviously. And a friend of mine had a, a child with egg allergy yeah so she wanted she asked if I could make egg-free cake I I, I was using eggs at the time because hey they don't have labels on um so I wasn't having <laughs> eggs in in my um cakes anyway she wanted uh for her daughter and said that her mother or her aunt or whatever could make them without eggs and I thought well if her mum can I can so I made it it was delicious it was a carrot cake it went down very well and um, then once she'd enjoyed it she's like oh actually I realized it wasn't egg that she leaves out it was dairy so that was actually how I made the first egg-free cake it's because it was a challenge and I thought well her mum can do it so I can but her mum couldn't 
Oh, how did you... Sorry, I got to interrupt here. Mm. How did... I mean, eggs are like the baker's best friend, aren't they, in cakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you... How do you replace them? Do you know, um, that's a question that I'm asked regularly, especially when yeah. I used to do farmer's markets. Yeah. Um, and I can't, there isn't, I, I, I've not used egg replacers, which is what people often do. And it's literally how the whole recipe is put together. It's just how the whole thing comes together. Um, and most important part is love. It has to, you have to have the right heart when you're baking. But um, the like, if you're using um, carrots, for example, yeah. carrots are a, a natural raising agent. Are they? Yes. Okay. Um, and bicarb or baking powder. Yeah. Um, cocoa is also a bit of a raising agent. So it just literally depends on on how the whole recipe is put together. When I am making um, the sugar-free cakes, then at the moment I use xylitol. I realize that xylitol seems to be a raising agent as well because they do rise a lot with xylitol. So it really does depend on... um, on the recipe and how everything is put together it's 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 um sometimes it's like magic but my kitchen is my kitchen at home has always been like my lab just experimenting and um encouraging my family to taste it <laughs> amazing i'm still fascinated what is it in the carrots that as I don't know. Zero, you don't know. It's the combat. I know you said it's about love and I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. And I know about baking and, you know, just baking bread and, and how it's always different. But I'm thinking, I get it. I get it with the bicarbonate of soda. I don't get it with the cocoa and I don't get it with the carrot, but you're just saying it's the combination. It's the chemistry that works. Mm. And obviously you've worked out the ratios that, yeah. um, that work. I haven't, especially with the carrot, I really have no idea how that, why that that works. But, you know, I didn't do chemistry. There will be reasoning behind it all, obviously. But, um, yeah, and even if I'm, if I, if I'm putting um, um, baking powder or bicarb in a carrot cake, it's, it's much less than the non-carrot cake. So it does naturally raise them, you know. So um, you could potentially use carrot in all of the cakes, okay, as okay. a raising agent, as as a, as well, not, yeah, as a raising agent. How so? It's okay, so you're starting in your kitchen, you're experimenting, mm-hmm. and you call it your lab. You've made your first dairy-free and egg-free cake unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so. How long did it take you before you started selling what you were making? Mm, well, at the time, I, I used to work in IT. So mm. at the time, I was doing that as well as baking. And um, at the weekends, we used to go to farmer's markets and um 
talking to people, I learned a lot. I'd never heard of celiac disease. Um, so I'd be saying, oh, you've got to really taste this cake. It's really nice. It hasn't got this. It hasn't got that. And um, and then, well, I can't have it because I can't have gluten. So then I went and experimented with gluten, um, with gluten-free. Oh, and also another thing that we found yeah. when we were doing the, um, the farmer's markets was that we had quite a few people, adults, eating cake, tasting the cake, and they'd never eaten cake before because really? of allergies. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Okay. That was quite something. Wow. So, so um, that is something. Yeah. I mean, obviously that, that wouldn't be a thing today because um, egg free is, is um, you know, it's much more out there now, isn't it? You can buy mm. in Tesco's. Mm -hmm. um, so a friend of ours had a vegan restaurant yeah, and I asked him if he would like to um, try some of the cakes, and he went crazy because back then you just could not get vegan cakes. No, you couldn't. Um, so they were they were a big hit in his restaurant, and wow. Um, then I also we did the veg fest in Bristol. Uh huh. And uh, there was nobody else doing cakes. And that was a real eye opener. It was, it was such a hit. It was um, a real success. We were really busy, and it was at that event that people were saying, "You need to send these out by mail." And I'm thinking, how can you send a cake in the post? <laughs> uh, um, and that was then really the turning point. And I, I then realised I was having too many orders coming in that I couldn't be doing that as well as the, the my, my other um, IT work. So I made that big decision to, to leave the world of computing yeah. and um, just be a baker. So let's just explain what VegFest is for anyone who doesn't know. It's a huge vegetarian festival and vegan festival, isn't it? Yes, that happens. it is. Yearly. I don't know if it happened last year. Did it happen last year? Yeah, they. Um, I think last year was the first time that um, after pa pandemic that right. they, they. Yeah, so it did happen last year. Um, previous the year before it was online. Um, but and yes, it, massive. It, yes, and it's for everybody, isn't it? It's for it suppliers is. and wholesalers and the general public and anybody who's interested. Yeah, it's it was. Brilliant, and there there would be um as a music festival as well, so that would be ah, okay. thrown in extra. Right. It, it it was um a really brilliant event. I'm not sure if they're bringing back the music and so on anymore. Okay. And in those days, there were not many vegan events or anything, and people used to come along with their shopping trolleys, ready to fill up, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd come from all over the country to Bristol. Did the, they? Yeah. With shopping yeah. trolleys? Yes. yes. Do you think they'd nick the trolleys? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't mean those. I don't mean from the supermarket. You know, the little wheelie bags I that do. you take. It, that, yeah. and, that's about me. That's about me and nicking shopping trolleys. It's not about you. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I went to. I'm like, how did they get the pine coin out? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's very interesting. And of course they did. I'm also thinking about the need for the palate to be stimulated and that we mm. love we love and we need sweet things. 
So I can imagine those people who initially came to the farmer's market just thinking, this is incredible. Yeah. So you, you stopped your job in IT and then you started to work from your house kitchen, which is quite something because at some point did you scale up or you still in your kitchen? It was actually last year. So it it was a year, um, next week actually that we moved to thank you that we moved to um our own little cloud kitchen you know Mm. cloud kitchen no please tell me what a cloud kitchen is Uh, and considering the company is called the heavenly cake company i like the term cloud kitchen it's um, a kitchen that is baking only for sending out via um couriers or um or like uber eats and those sorts of things ah. so you can't come there and buy it so it's a bakery but it's not an actual shop we don't have people come into our door do you have to share it with other people no it's mine it's yours wow there are some that you can pe- people do have things out there that you can rent space in but because um uh, and that obviously would work out much cheaper. But because we don't use um, nuts and we are very obviously careful regarding cross-contamination with um, mm. with all the products that we don't use. So therefore, we had to fit out our own kitchen. I was thinking about that and thinking how um, scrupulous you have to be to be free from and that it's very difficult to do on a mass commercial level because... I mean, factories share all sorts, don't they? Yeah. It's very rare to find somewhere that you can be, yep, it's completely bona fide free from. Yeah. So that's amazing. What was it like leaving your kitchen, because it's a real scale up, to go into your professional space? Um, two things. Mm. Um, it's very scary, mm. um, very expensive. Right. But from my home point of view, it's like, oh, my goodness, I've got my house back. Okay, okay. <laughs> so there's there's the two sides of it because we've done it from home for, for so many years. So now it's nice to not live in a factory. I but, am, yeah. Yeah, but um, working from our own unit is it's brilliant. It's really, I, I love it and um, it, it's um, it's not obviously it's not like going to work. I love what I do, and I love the I love the bakery. Um, but it is completely different because it's it's now um, I suppose like a a real proper grown up business. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. I'm itching to ask you something, but I'm okay. actually going to ask it on the podcast, not in the break. Not like yeah. See you, listeners. Just gonna just gonna talk to Sarah on my own now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Love This Food Thing podcast. I'm here with Lizolo, and I said it just now, didn't I, that I was itching to ask you something. And the thing that I was itching to ask you, we're just talking about Lizolo's business. So you're in this cloud kitchen, and you mentioned Uber Eats, and you mentioned how to send a cake through the post. Clearly, yes. you don't put it in an envelope. <laughs> so. Do you, this is what I'm itching to ask you, are you baking and then it's leaving the unit immediately? How does that, how do you even organise that? Is there someone there in the evening to do all the picking up and delivering? You know, my brain is swimming with it. We um, bake the cake um, 
So we would bake, for instance, we, what we don't work on on Fridays, which today is, but we would bake the cake on yeah. one day, mm-hmm. and um, the following day, once it it sits in the fridge and and um, settles and everything's dried, the following day it's packaged and collected by the courier, and then um, it's delivered the next day. So it's twenty four hour courier delivery service nationwide. Yeah. That's amazing. Is it essential that the cakes sit in the fridge? Um, it's not essential, but it helps. It does help because then they get to, and then you know that the icing is is dried properly. And I'm taking. And is you? Do you work with your husband? I used to, but he now proudly tells everybody that he's retired. Does he? <laughs> Good on him. Well, he did all that groundwork early on, didn't he? Yes. He set you up without you even knowing. <laughs> yeah. And now he just waves you out the door in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but you're not, doing, you're not doing all of this on your own. You have assistants or other bakers? Uh, yeah, definitely not doing it on my own. I um, do have, uh, I've got um, at the moment two people working mm. in the kitchen with me. Wow. And and how do you organise it? Because you're clearly very creative. I imagine you're having new recipe ideas a lot. Yeah. How do you allow yourself time to to be creative like that and keep up with your business? Because it with difficulty. Yeah. Right. With difficulty. It really is. There are so many ideas. Yeah. Um, and yeah, literally have so many ideas. So for instance, uh, um, as I mentioned earlier, we've just started to um, to do brownies. Yeah. But I've got so many different ideas to do with brownies and I don't have the time to put all of those into, um, into action. And the thing is that once I've, I've um, so as I said, I'm doing the gluten-free brownies at the moment, but then I want to experiment by putting, um, I could put coconut in with them. Um, I can do, I want to do the sugar-free version. I'm actually working on that right now, one that is for diabetics. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, and then the thing is, you have to eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your husband does. He's retired. He's got nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, I keep telling him that. <laughs> eat it, eat it. <laughs> yeah, that must be something because you're, well, you're working to order, aren't you? So that yes. you have to be very organised and yeah. committed and disciplined. Are you up very early in the morning? No. Well, it depends on how to define early, but no. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I, I'm, I, I will, um, I usually get into the bakery about, um, 8 30 mm. 8 8 30 so okay. not like a typical baker okay and just roughly from the idea to the finished product going out the door how long will it take you with a new recipe I know they're all different but can you just give some um, average oh months really It'll take yeah so um th- Yes, definitely. It takes months. So if it's a cake, then um, I have to, if I, if I wanted to start doing, um, I don't know, let's think, let's say a white chocolate cake. Yeah. Then I've got to, once I've come up with the initial recipe, then I've got to check the different, the various sizes and then keep doing them to make sure that 
the the result is consistent. Okay. And then once the different sizes are are um, done, then I have to come up with the the different free from options. So. Yes, everything is egg and dairy free, but um, then we'll have to look at the gluten free and the sugar free options. So it does take a, a few months and, and lots of tasting. Is it more challenging? Is it more difficult because it's free from? Yes. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. No doubt, no doubt and more it. expensive. Because of the experimentation? Yeah, but the, the ingredients are more expensive. You know, uh-huh. um, okay. you can buy eggs very cheaply you can buy white flour and white sugar very cheaply i don't use any of those and um you can get um what's uh, not not butter what is it that people use this spread you can get it's not margarine anymore but you can get those things really cheaply i i only use coconut oil Ah, so you'd um, never use a vegan butter then like natalie or anything like that i have mentioned them because i like it I, which one, sorry? Have you seen that? It's called Naturally. No. It's in a black wrapper. Oh. I'm sure it comes comes from, I don't know, somewhere in Scandinavia. And okay. it's coconut, a bit of rapeseed oil, coconut, sheer butter, kind of a mixture. Oh. Well, I have tried to bake with it. I'm not a very good baker, which actually could be the reason that it hasn't worked. I can't really blame. Try using coconut butter. oil. You think? Yeah. mm mm-hmm. I am, um, yeah, I use coconut oil on my teeth. Anyway, we're digressing. <laughs> um, <laughs> start to talk about my mouth hygiene. So, uh, okay, so you have to carve out your own creative time to make recipes. I didn't realise it took months. What's your overall mission? You must have had to write that many times when you were doing your business plans. What's your overall intention with your company? And what are you trying, what are you doing? What are you giving? Well, um, actually, some of it has already come to, to pass really now that um, everybody is aware of what vegan or plant-based food is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually very important that, that it's going to be very easy for people to get hold of these these sorts of products, not just my product, but yeah. these sorts of products. Mm-hmm. I have always believed that everybody deserves to eat cake. Right. Um, so that's regardless of your your dietary preferences or, or whether it's necessary or not, if you're diabetic and so on. And nobody should be cakeless. That was our strap line. Um, and um, what, does, what does cake mean to you then? It's obviously, it's very important. You're talking about it in a way that I might not talk about it. It's like having cakes and cookies, having sweet treats is like a hug from the inside so um and sending cakes and treats to somebody is like sending them a hug in a box um so as i i said before it's not something that i would say that people are to eat all the time because you know sugar is sugar by any other name it's still sugar mm-hmm. whether it's raw cane sugar or um agave whatever type of sugar it is even if it's um sugar free like xylitol which is okay for for diabetics but it still does similar things to your body so yeah. you yeah. know it's it's definitely not something that i would say everybody should be able to eat but everybody should be able to have it sometimes 
So that's your mission to send out. Yeah. To to send out love. Yes, definitely. Hugs in a box. Hugs in a box. Made with love. Made with love. That's so lovely. So do you have, um, are you just seeing how it goes with the business or do you have, do you have plans? Because I know you've only been in your unit for a year, in the bakery for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before the bakery, I suppose it was it was like a, a, a nice hobby, more than a hobby. Mm. But now I do want it to grow. I want to be um, – like years ago, people would never think about sending a cake in the post. And I think we were one of the first, if not the first, to be sending cakes out in the post. Now people don't find it that unusual. So um, I want to – be um i just want want everybody to be able to to know that they can get any sort of free from sweet treat delivered and i would like the business to grow it's about inclusivity isn't it you want everyone to benefit yeah um and talking of inclusivity when children have allergies they you know often they're going to parties and they have to take their own Right. cake yeah. which is fair enough and if you're going to a party a child's going to a party and they've got um uh, um that they're, they're gluten-free that our cakes actually freeze very nicely so they can take their own however what would be nice is as some of our um, customers do they know that a child's coming who has um, a wheat allergy so they will order a gluten-free cake and everybody's having the gluten-free cake yeah for sure so how does someone order from you what happens our website is theheavenlycakecompany.co.uk yeah orders are made via the website and um have you got pictures of everything on your website yes okay and on our Instagram page, we're so um, <laughs> I'm I'm a bit old now, and this whole <laughs> social media thing. Tell me about is, it. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's why I have someone to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just starting to do that now okay. to get someone on board to do it because it it does my head in. But yeah, yeah we've so it, yeah, <laughs> Instagram. Geez, I'm trying to build up the Instagram following. Please <laughs> at Heavenly Cakeco. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have that on your show notes so someone would just go on the website pick what they wanted and order and and it would arrive within 24 hours no it goes it leaves because we need to bake it Ah, of course of course yeah okay so um depending on the day of the week that you actually place the order it depends so if you were today if you were to place the order on a thursday you would not be able to receive it until Tuesday. Okay. And because we're approaching that time of year, do you have a big rush on for Christmas and for celebrations? And yeah, Yeah. the rum cake. The Mm. rum cake. Okay. Okay. I have a friend who would like the rum cake. Uh, I think I'm going to be placing some orders, Luzolo. Before you go. Yes. Fassi, thank you so much. I did ask ask Luzolo if she wanted to share a recipe, but quite rightly, she said they're secret because it's taken her years. But I hope that if anyone's listening and they want to try, I don't know, try baking something, just yes. know it is possible to bake free from products. If you Experiment. Think is that what you'd say? Experiment. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Experiment. Don't be scared. 
Okay. Okay. And maybe find a recipe you like and then try omitting things or replacing things? That's right. I mean, there's nothing to lose. You've still got, they could, even if it doesn't look as nice as you'd want, you can eat it. Yes, it might be like a large again. biscuit. Yeah. Instead of a yeah. cake. Yeah. <laughs> what if you were going to an island, any kind of island, any climate, anywhere in the world, what five foods would you take with you? You do have a store cupboard. Oh. Mm. I did say to you that this was an easy question, but it is the one that flummoxes people. Yeah, it's not easy. No, I know. Um, It's just for um, the day what five foods you take. You can change your mind tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, today, it would definitely be my brownies. Okay. Without a doubt, brownies. And... um, 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 oh, I do make an amazing uh, stew, actually, mm-hmm. with um, with red uh, kidney beans. Okay. So that would be it. I do like rice. Okay. Um, and red kidney beans stew, rice. What kind of rice? Um, brown rice. Mm-hmm. Um, which, oh, that, cook that with a bit of uh, coconut oil in there or, um, yeah. Okay. coconut in that okay. and what else would I have you've got one oh, how many I've got left you've got one more because you've taken coconut oil um raw food salad now that's going to be lots of different foods in that <laughs> raw food salad <laughs> which would include raw sweet potato raw plantains oh lots of things in my raw raw food and and garlic yeah very cheaty you've taken everything yes you've yes you've taken a market you've taken a bakery in a market garden <laughs> yes <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Love This Food Thing podcast. It's been fascinating and it's been a lovely way to kind of wrap up our season. You're either going to be at the end or just the one before the end to have something just a little bit different. Um, but I have actually been on the website and I do know that you have pictures and your cakes look fantastic. So thank you. Everybody, have a look at the Heavenly Cake Company. Thank you so much, Lazulo, for coming on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. And I'll get some in the post to you soon. Yes, and I didn't press stop, so that's now. I'm going to hold you to it. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Love This Food Thing. If you'd like to reach me, I'm on Instagram, at Love This Food Thing, or you can head to our website, lovethisfoodthing.com. Join our community. Everyone's welcome. Catch you in the next episode. <laughs>